Welcome! You're listening to the Every Day is a New Day show. I am your host, Kim O'Neill, and this is the show that reminds you we live in a world of infinite possibilities. You are more amazing than you know. You are never alone, and the one with the power has always been you. I speak with awesome guests who have inspiring stories and tools to support you on your journey forward. Every day is always a new day, and your day's looking pretty bright. All right, welcome to the show. You are listening to the Every Day is a New Day show, and I am your host, Kim O'Neill, broadcasting to you live here in Southern California with my awesome guest today, who is Wes Pinkston, and we're going to talk today about accessing your true power. This is such a timely topic uh, for so many of us. You may have heard that August, this particular August 2017, is a very powerful month. If you uh, follow or look into any sort of astrology uh, outlooks or, or anything of that sort, you've, I'm sure you've heard or come across something that mentions this particular month is all about accessing your power and transformation and transitions. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that and, of course, get to know more about our guest and his experience and his wisdom uh, with this topic and more. So I'm going to go ahead and read a little bit about him, and then we're going to bring him on. So Wes Pinkston is an award-winning transformational life coach. Prior to venturing into personal development, however, you may recognize Wes from his many appearances on the hit Bravo television show, Million Dollar Listing Los Angeles. After Wes earned his business degree from Chapman University and earned a spot in College Football Hall of Fame, he became a well-respected real estate agent in Beverly Hills. His digital marketing prowess led to the co-creation of The Broke Agent, which was one of the top blogs in the industry. It attracted more than 200,000 social media followers, wow, and eventually won him the Swain Cole Top 20 Real Estate Influencer in the World Award. Yes, in the world. (laughs) Woo! In 2016, Wes chose to turn his focus towards assisting clients one-on-one via personal coaching, and he's doing that full-time, where he supports his clients in developing a self-sustaining guidance and growth mechanism. And today, Wes has his own private practice in Encinitas, California. And with that, I would like to welcome Wes to the show. Welcome, Wes. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing well. It's a little, it's a little warm here in uh, in San Diego, but it's uh, it's nice. I battled through it, and um, it was productive. It was definitely productive. So. It's a very good day, and right. I use it wisely. How was your day? <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, it had a little bit of some ups and downs, uh, but it was good. And it's, I would say my day has also been very productive. And I think that's a great uh, everyday thing that we all like to achieve in our day, being productive. And that's one way that we access our power and finding ways to yeah, be productive. The, there is a lot of self-deception, though. So just because you're being uh, busy does not, be, does not mean you're being productive. And you have to, I mean, the overall goal for, for anyone on this, <laughs> on this planet is to be able to view your subjective reality uh, as objectively as possible. So just because uh, you did a lot of stuff today doesn't mean... Uh, that you're any closer to manifesting the things that you want to manifest, and that's what the, that's why it does help to have a coach that can, that's able to stand outside of your um, your system, your reality tunnel, your self deception. And trust me, even if you, even if you think, "Oh, I don't deceive myself," um, that's the first step for someone who deceives themselves <laughs> a ton. So, um, yeah, absolutely. But but be careful using the word productive because uh, busy bodies uh, does not translate or correlate uh, directly to, to productivity. I would agree with that. I, when I think productive, I, I don't necessarily think busy. But when I think busy, I yeah. do question how productive was that busyness. 
So yeah, absolutely. Well, we've we've inherited, especially with me, with regards to the uh, the conditioning and the imprinting that I had you know, coming up in a uh, very highly competitive, uh, non-collaborative um, sales, a lot of money on the line, a lot of anxiety, urgency, um, a an environment that uh, that I don't care what type of demeanor, persona, or temperament you have, it's not natural. It will run. Uh, Run your ragged, so um, we have to find our own our own natural pace. I guess you could say your vibe, the beat of your own drum, to begin to really begin to reflect and see that each given day we have a ton of time. It's just a matter of holding every action accountable and um, and making sure that we are replenishing all the reserves that we have that touch on the physical, the emotional, the mental, and the spiritual aspects that, that really make up our life. Those aren't uh, set in stone, those categories. Once again, we just cast a linguistic net over reality. So it's, these are all just generalizations, but we need to make sure that we don't live these linear transaction to transact transaction task to task that we're able to engage with work and disengage um, and I've seen I had that problem myself and I've seen many many others as well so be sure after every 60 90 minutes to disengage from your work to reflect and say well what the hell am I doing this for uh, I've been doing it for yeah. X amount of months and I've, I've noticed no return whatsoever well don't just keep putting your head down hustling and grinding these stupid words that are used that are just very counter to productivity because there shouldn't be any muscular tension. There shouldn't be any any forced content creation. It should be all completely organic and natural and rhythm with your own your own harmony. Absolutely. It, yeah. I find that periodically it's a really good thing to reassess priorities and what are my priorities and right. how how much you know progress have I made on those? Are they do they still serve me? Maybe I need to you know, maybe my priorities have shifted and to really be more mindful about how I'm spending my time so that I make the most use of my time, you know, for here on earth for, um, you know, we don't essentially know how much time, but, you know, if we have limited time on earth, then how are, what was that? That's a good luck with that one. (laughs) uh, Time and earth and dimensions. But yeah, I get, I, I definitely understand what you're saying. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, I well, that's would, what, that's you know, what empowerment is with self responsibility. Right. Sorry. Well, you know, I was just going to ask you. I your background. I love your background. It's to me very varied, and I love that it shows um, we're all very multidimensional, and we're all. Um, I think we have many gifts and talents, whether aware of them or not, and but we don't always tap into those things. And so we might get, you know, tunnel vision, think we only do one thing. So I love that for you. You've done a variety of things. Football was your thing. You did real estate. And now, you know, you did social media and and all of that and uh, digital marketing. And now here you're doing life coaching. And I hope it's okay if I bring this up, but you mentioned something on your website that intrigued me, and I wanted to ask you more about it. You you say on your website that just before, okay, this is verbatim. So from your website, it says, just before his 30th birthday, a profound experience took place that completely shifted his level of consciousness and self-understanding. It was this journey inward that led him to truths he had been seeking his entire life and was the inspiration for establishing his own private practice. And I was wondering if you'd be open to sharing more about that and what that profound experience was for you. Uh, yeah, well, to, to kind of go over the first uh, segment there, uh, all the, the past things that I've, uh, I guess you could say, accomplished, uh, I never um, really enjoyed any of those. I never enjoyed football, really. Um, it, that was kind of a um, an environmental conditioning um, that uh, sports was a big part of, uh, of my father's life, and it was presented to me, and I, I did see a lot of uh, beautiful things that do come from, from youth sports. I, I do believe in them. Um, and then with with choosing real estate, well, my dad was a real estate guy, and then you just see the power of conditioning there where, you know, you, you have to make money. You want to, with me, I just picked the, the path of least resistance, which was 
you know, just inherit and do what, what my dad did. It's there in front of me. You don't have to think much. Um, just the easy, the easy road. Um, and the same thing up with real estate in, uh, in Beverly Hills. It was just uh, viewing everything as a transaction, not going deep at all. Um, but I didn't go deep with others because I wasn't deep with myself. And it's all about the user and the consciousness that you bring to it. So um, I don't really talk too much about um, the past with regards to, to football and, and the reality show and all that because um, it was so not me. Uh, and it was so just the path that I had chose that was part of my environment, the early imprinting and conditioning that affects all of us. And I just ran that game, the game that I thought would, which was the American dream theme that acquiring this and dating this person, doing that, this is what our cultural deemed success and, you know, feeling safe and like you have a place in the hierarchical scheme. Uh, I played the game perfectly and got the reward and said, this is, this is not it. It's so difficult to accomplish it. It's so difficult to maintain it. Um, this is not what I want to do. So, um, just took my, uh, my ball and my toys and I, I came back home to San Diego, um, where I had to say, all right, well, everything I've been told, <laughs> um, not there. Well, where do I look? And then, I was still, like most uh, Western psyches, externally fixated. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't looking in the one place that, uh, that it resided, like you alluded to in your intro. It's within you. But that's very, uh, that's very abstract. That's, it, can be, it can seem from an individual of my background, I didn't have any mystical experience. I didn't have any spiritual um, experiences or, 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 or powerful teachers or guides or any kind of anything like that. So um, prior to my birthday, it was just a week of some pretty profound synchronistic moments. Um, was never given too much. Uh, was always given enough to pull me out of my comfort zone, and the next day comforted me. And I began to, because I, I was fortunate enough to, to check out of the rat race for, for several months, um, where I did some very, very deep reflection, uh, began to ask questions, began to rip up, rip up um, my belief system, which is BS. It's bullshit. It's all just the way I was making it. That's not the way the world is. You know, I was confusing the menu with the meal. I was confusing the map with the territory, my subjective reality tunnel with objective reality. And I didn't, I wasn't able to have a clear distinction between the two. Um, so it was just a week of synchronistic moments. Um, I began meditating, but that we have a, a, a Western narrative of meditation that's so incorrect and, and, and such bullshit because you go in with all of these, um, I have to do, I have to accomplish this through meditation, but that's not meditation. That's... Uh, that's anything but meditation. Meditation is the only pointless act. So eventually I just got really tired of being the doer, became the observer, got in touch with the feminine, which is complete surrender. And I began to become more sensitive and to listen to my body and to feel uh, where I was kind of being guided. Um, in the beginning, it was Ram Dass and Alan Watts and Terrence McKenna and Robert Anton Wilson. And then all of them, I read all the books that influenced those great minds. And then I had enough of a of a foundation to begin to take that into into the world and my experiences and see if this new reality tunnel was better than my my previous one. And uh, I definitely think it's more accurate. Wow! Thank you for sharing that. It it sounds like it was a very personal experience for you. And um, I forget what word you used, but you said something about it wasn't necessarily a mystical experience. And I love that you said that because I think so many people can relate to that, thinking that if they're going to choose to do something different, step into their power in a bigger way, um, or do this thing that they've always longed to do, but maybe are so afraid to because it doesn't seem to fit with logic or fit with their conditioning, that if they haven't had a mystical experience, then maybe that's not the right time. And it sounds like you essentially had to come to, uh, and tell me if I'm wrong, it sounds like on some level you had to just decide for yourself that this was the time. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think inherently we all we all know what we ought to do. Uh, all the tension resides between uh, you and the group. You know, what is my wife going to think? What is my husband going to think? What are my kids going to think? What are my friends going to think? And um, that that decision, which takes absolute courage, and I want to say I always say this as one of my favorite Terrence McKenna quotes that uh, nature does reward courage. And when you can take that step of, yeah. of, of courage to, to listen to you, your story, your path, whatever kind of verbiage you want to put on, it doesn't matter. Eventually, you just know what you ought to do because eventually your culture gets a little bit suffocating. Your friends get a little bit suffocating. You begin to say, there's got to be more out there. I can't just keep talking about how cool I was in high school or how cool I was in college or just do the normal, in you know, rhetorical, have kids at this age, then go get a retirement. It's, it's too Brady Bunch, too mundane for some. For some, it's very comfortable. You know what to expect on Sundays. You know what to expect on Monday. You know what kind of coffee you're going to drink. For some, that's suffocating. For some, it's very comforting. Um, but with me, I was okay uh, with feeling a little bit uh, alienated in the beginning because through that keyhole of transformation, your past life can't go through that keyhole. You have to do it completely on your own. It's, uh, it's from the alone to the alone. And you have to go, not naked, but metaphorically, you have to go through that keyhole of transformation without taking your past belief system through. And uh, a lot of people, and, and I see this a lot, and I get, I, I really, there's a lot of fluff and spiritual materialism and New Age bullshit, where the way you work is different than the way you are spiritually at night. And I think we need to make sure that we are being, we are acting it 24-7 and not just doing it for Instagram or doing it for social media, but yet our private life is completely separate from this path. So um, I eventually went through the keyhole of transformation. It was terrifying. It was scary. Um, I didn't have many to talk to, but that was just me and my temperament. Um, and um, it was very humbling, very sobering. And uh, it wasn't fun. It wasn't unicorns and rainbows. It was crying at night, wondering what what the hell is going on. Um, and then when I surrendered, and you don't just surrender. It's like the snake skin. It just falls off. You can't rush this. Um, then it began to manifest. And then you just, you're more in tune to your path, your rhythm. You're not reactionary. You're not putting yourself in in um, toxic situations, and then you begin to see the signs, and you say, oh, man, this is way easier sailing as opposed to rowing like I was doing previously. Oh, I love that. <clears throat> yeah, getting rid of the oars and just going with the flow. Yeah, but you have to use the oars to realize how much nicer the sailing is, and that's what I... You have right. to not do your... You have to not do, you know, your path. You have to... You have. I, I just... Can you do it? Can this be done without suffering? Uh, this guy, uh, my homie Buddha, you know, he said otherwise. But um, <laughs> it's it's tough. It's really, really tough. You have to build your own philosophy, your own uh, list of abstractions, and, and, and keep reevaluating it. Not once a once a lifetime. I think we have to have several different views. And with me, I don't give my belief to one reality tunnel, whether it's the Buddhist or the Hindu reality tunnel, it's can we put them all on the table and see what they were all striving for and seeing the different meta, uh, metaphors and archetypal images they were all trying to get across to their specific culture and see the underlying aspects, not getting lost in the mystical buying a whole bunch of crystals and putting them all over you. I do believe that we all seek this religious union. But I think we have to have these weird, quirky paths that are not set in one dogmatic belief or the other. But I, I still feel like all my friends and stuff, even though they, we don't have many great spiritual teachers out here in the West, um, they're still searching for it, that union. And that's what yoga is. That's what all the difference, whether it's, uh, you know, Samadhi yeah. or pranayama, all these different yogic techniques were to alter your consciousness, alter your consciousness so that you can look back at your old consciousness and see what kind of an asshole you've been. <laughs> I mean, that's well, really I, what they're all after. 
I think it's that aloneness that makes going through the keyhole of transformation, I loved how you worded that, um, feel so scary. Would you agree? <laughs> well, yeah, because then you're left alone with all your contradictions. <laughs> Eventually, you get, what... tired of, uh, you get tired of vacuuming. You get tired of uh, always going out with the friends to stay busy. I've had, you know, I, I know a lot of friends that just can't be alone. Um, with themselves mm-hmm. and, and overly alone is not is not positive either. We're very social creatures, but it's having yeah. a, a balance. And but a lot of this is imprinted on us at a very young age, and we just don't. We're quick to point it out in others, but we don't realize that we're doing it as well. We, that we are blurring the line yeah. between subject sub, subjective reality and objective reality, and as Marshall McLuhan says, that we're essentially driving through the rearview mirror using the rear view mirror, that by the time something new hits you, you've already refined it and processed into your old belief system. But nothing new a, really hits you. Yeah. I think I think there's an, an awakening that happens before you go through that keyhole of transformation. I, I think there's like this awakening that happens where you start to realize, oh my goodness, <laughs> the world mm-hmm. around me, the, you know, maybe it's your coworkers, your family, your friends, you know, whatever it is for you, but the world around you isn't quite how you thought it was. And you start to realize, wait a second, am I all alone here on this journey? I'm seeing things completely different and having this desire to break free from it and step into a space of more freedom and be more of who you, the individual, truly. Yeah, I, I, I do see that. It, it is a, it is a, a forward movement towards liberation of the of the mind, and um, it. Uh, how do I put this? Kind of lost my yeah, thought there. That, uh, that's okay. No, no, it's totally uh, fine. I, I, you know, and I'm just, I mean, I'm sharing that like from my experience too. You know, I, um, you know, for some people, that aloneness that may come after that awakening when you decide to say, yeah. "I'm doing this," um, you know, maybe you didn't have, yeah, some major, you know, maybe you didn't have, you know, a like life after death kind of you know situation that yeah well that see, happens. I guess what what I was get, what I want to get at is that a lot of it is that we're just pro- improperly educated <laughs> before you start looking yes. for the mystical why don't you read some Plato why don't you read some Terence McKenna why don't you read some Robert Anton Wilson why don't you read um, the Great you, most people don't read books. You know, or they just read, you know, uh, you know, science fiction or whatever it might be, which I think is great for the imagination, absolutely. But, but no one has a philosophy. No one. The only understanding of the universe that matters is your own. Well, if you're yes, always yeah. in a disempowered state of of and not curious, not asking questions, not looking behind the stage, you're always going to be disempowered, always reactionary, and always terrified. So before you start thinking that, because we have an idea, we have a concept, a preconceived notion about what the spiritual path entails. It doesn't entail that at all. It's completely neutral. But you think, oh, the spiritual journey, I've heard stories about this and this person. I'm, uh, and then you start to expect something. And whatever the right. thinker thinks, the, whatever the thinker thinks, the prover proves. If you think this is part of the spiritual path, you go prove it. You go find it. You go buy crystals. You go buy a yoga mat. But it's you. You're believing I'm... their stories. And then you, you get into spiritual pride about, well, I have to let go of my alcohol, or I have to stop having sex if I'm going to do it. And then, but, but says who? Where was that written? And you begin to see that objective reality is completely neutral. It's just whatever you're pouring your mind into and whatever you're making of the situation, but that takes self-responsibility that people don't want that. They want to keep pointing the finger, which is where I was. I say people, but I'm referring to me, essentially. Well, I think it's... um, What was I going to say now? Uh, Well, I I think... I was was saying that uh, before we really step into this mystical (laughs) arena... Uh, let all the assumptions and generalizations of what you think it's about, leave it at the door, read some good books first and foremost, because we're, we're lacking empowered leaders here 
regardless of industry, regardless of the school grade. We need better teachers, people that have understood it, that don't have answers, but simply give you questions to empower yourself. And that's what it's about. Mm. Yeah, I was going to say that not only are we creating what that next thing is, that, that you know, the what the transformation is going to look like um, or just at least stepping into an an open space so that it can occur and life can show you what that next thing looks like. Not only are we creating that, but we're creating the experience we have of going through that process (laughs) as Mm -hmm. well, based on our Uh, beliefs. Imagine the, imagine the unimaginable. Yeah. You can't, you don't have the fly. I'm not saying you, but, the listeners in general, you don't have the slightest clue for what's best for you. And that's the problem, is we live in this very muscular tense, almost all of this is fixated on anxiety of not having enough money, um, just bio-survival instincts, like literally first circuit stuff. And most people are really scared there. They're very scared about the monthly income, the student debt, the call, whatever, whatever kind of debt that's just rolling in. Um, what, what I have to definitely preach is money is very difficult to make. Um, we have to slow down. We have to turn the TV off. We have to stop going out and spending frivolous money on, on alcohol because we're just simply masking the problem and really get down to it. And so, What's going on? And that's where I, I, I have my clients. It's just one page. It's your daily page about I need you to document what you're doing all day because what you're doing all day is going to tell me the thoughts that you have, the things that you care about, and the charge that you send to those thoughts that you put those in action. So you say you want all this. You say you want this life, but your actions don't show it. So it, there's no one path fits all. No, can you find not. it? Can you find it through never? I, I, we need to remember that we don't have a clue what the F is going on. We need to humble ourselves. Our culture, we don't know what's going on. The more we discover, the more we realize it's just infinitely smaller and infinitely larger. It's speeding up. We're going to have to completely uh, reflect and figure out uh, our course of action, not annually, but weekly. It's so dynamic, and we have to get back to less about mass-producing things, less about on the surface and breadth, and more about depth, depth with your clients, depth with your parents. It's too fleeting, but if you do enough in each day with with the people that are around you, but you realize that everything on the external is a manifestation of who you are and, 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 and what you believe, your reality tunnel, then you spend more time working from the inside as opposed to the outside because the inside is what manifests the outside. The outside is just an accumulation of the thoughts that you had and the actions that you put into, into action. You can't change this right now. But what do we have? The future comes in one-day increments, thankfully, not years. So each day, can you master that day? Can you bring in something from a nutritional standpoint, from a physical standpoint? What are you doing to stretch your mind? What are you doing to replenish your emotional and, and, and in terms of imagination? What are you dreaming about? Do you dream at all? What kind of life oh, do you want? Yeah. The detail. Uh, and that goes into the manifestation process, but there's a lot of... I love Abraham Hicks and all that, but there's a lot of other stuff. It's all. What about nutrition? It, it's all. I mean, I think 90% of all the um, the happy endorphins come from the stomach. Oh, you know what? But what are we eating? That's... And this this is what I'm getting at: is we do, you you have to be your own doctor. You can't rely yeah. on because by the time you're in the on the on the table, you're it, it's tough. It's preventative, and it's, it gets back into being poorly educated. But with the Internet now, there is no reason for ignorance to ignore the facts. All the information is out there. It can be found. I can help you find it. Um, there's no reason to be ignorant now. Well, no one's locked away all the, the books. 
We're going to go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, I would love to ask you about what tips you have to support people and being able to access their power. How's that sound? I love it. (laughs) Okay. Awesome. Okay. So we're going to take a break, stay right there. And we're going to come back talking more about accessing your power. No matter how your life looks today, your possibilities are endless. You deserve all the joy, peace, and excitement in life that you desire. Life doesn't come with a manual, and that's why personal coaching is so awesome. Moving forward is easier. Creating a new reality for yourself, healing your mind and body, it's all possible. Visit KimO'NealCoaching.com today to learn more and schedule your free consultation. What books are you reading? Are you ready for a must-read? Winner of the Inspirational Book of the Year Award and International Best Sellers, Dare to Dream, This Life Counts by Debbie Dashinger, as well as the acclaimed Wisdom to Success, The Surefire Secrets to Accomplish All Your Dreams. Buy the books from Amazon today. U.S. Book Review and Writer's Digest said these are critics' picks. By Debbie Dashinger, Dare to Dream and Wisdom to Success contain gems to live your life by. Sometimes we wish we could practically do nothing and still feel better. Guess what? You kind of can. When you schedule a Reiki or guided meditation session, you can just be and receive and allow the energy to shift. There's relief. These energy sessions can be done alone or combined with a coaching session. Find out more at KimO'NealCoaching.com and click on the Energy Work tab. Do you have a published book that never reached its bestseller potential? Are you working on a book or ebook you hope to publish soon? Do you have a book locked inside waiting to release your message to the world? Go to mybestsellerbook.com. My Bestseller Book will launch your book to a guaranteed bestseller status. Learn more at mybestsellerbook.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Every Day is a New, Sh- a new Day. And uh, my name is Kim O'Neill, talking with Wes Pinkston today, transformational life coach. And we're talking about accessing your true power and, and about all the different things that come with that. Uh, that, you know, it's not all about, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm confident and powerful and that's how it is and everything looks that way moving forward. It's a journey. That's, that's how I look at it. It's a journey. It's a process. There are other things involved, and we were just talking about, um, you know, uh, my perception of it is more about, you know, the journey that takes place before you really feel that power and how it might feel fearful. Uh, There might be some spirituality, uh, spiritual component to it for you or not, Um, and just, you know, all the things that, that come up as we move to step into our power. And so, Wes, I would like to ask you now, you know, what are some tips that you have for you know, for how to then actually access your power. What would you like to share with your audience today? Um, yeah, so that's a, uh, I guess the, the, where I would start with that um, is that you have to allow your humanity and you have to realize that many, I mean, I'm speaking for myself and those that I've come in contact with, We, I, I haven't really come into contact with many people um, in my life and in terms of the ones that have really conditioned me and hardwired the neuro, neurological circuits in my mind to have them say, hey, be careful of your internal narrative, the internal dialect that's taking place within your mind. Uh, I don't. I mean, some people don't realize that other people talk inside their to themselves in their head all day, and we have to be very careful about what we're saying to ourselves. I have one client where she said, um, "Someone told me to look at a photo of myself when I was five years old, and the things okay. that I tell myself inside my head. Would you tell that to a five-year-old right. you?" 
And and that's the thing is we have to be very careful. So the power that we have, we're, we're, we're diluting it. We're watering it down. We're not using it. And I think the quickest way is to to break, to become the observer to the internal dialogue. And we always have a choice. You know, it's either an opportunity or it's an obstacle. And we do have that choice. Is it called willpower? I don't know. There's a whole bunch of different names. There is no correct name for it. But you do have power. You do have the power of choice. You do have the power to shift your perception. Uh, an example was me and my mom. I was driving her uh, to get lunch, and she's like, oh, you know, look at all this traffic. And I said, yes, that's one way of looking at it. I literally said this. <laughs> I'm like, uh, yeah, that's one way of looking at it, Mom. Or it gives us a chance to, to connect you know, in an air-conditioned car for a little bit longer. Nice. You see, the ma- the magic's always there. Yeah. If you say, oh, there's terrifying, there's scary people in this neighborhood, I'm scared, then you're going to go, it, get, it gets back to being careful about what you think because you're going to go prove it. If you think the world's a scary place, you're going to go prove it because you're going to be looking for those to justify your belief system. Yeah. So it's really reevaluating our belief system throughout the whole day. And being conscious about what we're saying to ourselves internally in that, that, that internal dialect that takes place between the ears. And you have to be careful. I mean, one of my favorite authors is Michael Talbo, who wrote The Holographic Universe. And I have another one of his books coming. Um, I don't think that we realize the power that we have to heal ourselves and to manifest certain things. But these neurological connections have atrophied over time. We've stopped dreaming. We've stopped, beca- we've stopped our childlike enthusiasm and curiosity, our most natural state. We've lost that component. Absolutely. And we can get that back. So with all the greats, and the, the, the great that I recommend listening to um, is Alan Watts. And literally, it's about becoming more like a child. Stop casting descriptions and linguistic tile over reality. When you go to the beach, don't don't just start labeling things. And just be aware of your, what you're aware of. Oh, my knee hurts. Oh, I have these bills tomorrow. Okay, that's fine. But you also have your child right there in front of you that is viewing her sandcastles as if it's a different universe with, with, with no notion of time, just fully immersed in that, that moment, that activity. And what that is, is union. It's yoga. And that's what all the greats were talking about once again. Can you be one? Can you be one with the wine? Because you can't find union with anything without becoming it, without absorbing it. Whether it's conscious love, whether it's a nice, fine wine, whether it's whatever it might be, a beautiful movie that you become one with that, that pulls on your emotional cords. Just become one with everything that you do every single moment. But that's the tough thing is like, okay, Wes, my life's in shambles. What do I do? You don't do anything. You tune into it. And it's very difficult. And, you know, I, I love that you mentioned that. Yes, it's become one with it. I think the other part to it is realizing that, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be an energy outside of us that we become one with. We can be the energy so that other things can be one with us and we can pull in and draw in towards us, you know, those things that we want to, to manifest, whatever Absolutely. it is. With. Well, so, so many people, like if you go to a coffee shop, just listen to people. They're not talking about beautiful things and you can't manifest a beautiful life, a beautiful relationship, unless you linguistically express it in an authentic manner. Nothing can, can manifest. Nothing can become a completed project without you speaking about it beautifully. And you only have so much time in the day. So are you focused on the five and five beautiful grades that your child gets or the one F? There's, it's all there. Are you going to say, you know what? I understand, I understand the F great job on the other five, or do you disregard the five entirely and only focus on the negative one? Because it kind of makes you seem like as a parent, you fail the completely selfish, self-righteous stance. And fully evaluating every single thing that we say to ourselves, that we say to others, 
and see what kind of person you are. Can you break that? Break that attachment with being the doer and being the observer. But it gets back to having great friends. I mean, that's really what it's about. A lot of, I didn't, I didn't have a lot of great friends. We just, it was like, oh, you think you had a rough week, Wes? Well, here's my crappy story. Uh, and we were just in I this, we were just like playing that. small, playing small, playing small. So eventually you say, no, no, I, I'm doing this to myself. The world's not holding me down. I'm holding me down. Yeah. I'm completely disempowered. I'm completely reactionary. I think if I want to become something that I have to go get certifications and all these degrees, no, you just become it. Yeah, just be it. There's, an, there's enough books and education out there where you can become whatever you want. And to become a master at it, you have to do it every day. And, and I if think you want to so build something... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Well, that's okay. No, I think so many of us, though, we don't necessarily come to that conclusion until after we've done the whole books and certification and training. Right. And then you realize, oh, I really did have it all within me before that. Right. <laughs> so well, it's that's sometimes what I even tell all my clients. I, I say, you don't need me. And there's going to come a time where you realize that I'm just selling you on you, that there really yeah. is nothing in my hand. But there are great teachers and there are poor teachers I mean, a lot of gurus or whatever you want to call them, it's just like, you know, as Alan Watts says, stealing your watch and selling it back to you. But a fool does become wise in his, in his folly. And if that's the way you're going to learn, then, then you deserve to get, to get duped. Because you didn't trust yourself enough. You didn't trust that you could heal yourself. You didn't trust that you can have the power. If you have like a junk food habit, the, the, the food has no power over you. You're giving it power, and you can remove that. And you can change habits. But we start with, once again, documenting our day and finding the easiest place to begin to enter into perturbing your natural reality with new patterns. Because we have to have new patterns. If we've written in all the chapters and all the characters to our book, then we can, we can atrophy pretty quickly. But if we view our life as a winner and view our life as a quest, then I do believe that there is something magical at the end of that story. But you have to believe that you're a winner and not a loser. And our culture can, can, can knock you down pretty, pretty quickly. Um, what, what about you? Do you have, um, so speaking of patterns, to me, same thing as like habits. Um, do you have certain habits that you do every day that help you stay connected to your power? Um, yeah, I, I, I try to have a good laugh once a day and not because the, the, our minds make this of cosmic importance and we're not, we're not irrelevant. Don't get me wrong, but we need to, to have this kind of coincidentia positorum where it's these two opposing thoughts where I'm the most powerful thing in the world. I'm the most powerful thing in the universe. But at times I also am the weakest thing. I need to lean on somebody else for strength. Because you can't play one side. You can't always be good. That's what I love about Carl Jung. You have to not party and hang out with your dark side, but you have to acknowledge it. It's there. And that is part of the union, the yoga of things, is becoming whole. It's finding a union between, and, and, not, and this is part of the allowing your humanness. You, you don't run from it. You say, why? Why am I sad? I'm sad because he said this. Well, he said that. That's a statement about himself. And you can just slowly face it as opposed to running away from it. And it gives you power. It gives you tools. But reading books, laughing, trying to go into nature. Um, I don't watch TV. Um, everything that I do, it's, uh, there's intention behind it. Uh, I'll sleep. I'll take a couple naps one day because I, I have to take care of my body. It's the most important thing. It's all the central nervous system. Every decision that you make, it's not from the mind. It's from your organism as a whole. And it's really saying, okay, I need to go figure out and study biology, sociology, uh, understanding quantum theory enough to have a conversation about it because you only know the universe that you understand. So hopefully you're making that a full-time gig, and you'll get rewarded. Well, what I, 
what I'm noticing coming coming up a lot is just it's the mindfulness, at least as a starting place. A place, um, just like you said, you have your clients yeah. write down. You know, what are they thinking? What do they do all day? First, the mindfulness of you know, yes, you know, what's actually in their mind and what are they doing and, and where's their energy being spent. To me, it's a, also like a two-part process, though. The mindfulness of what am I feeling? Because right. when we aren't even aware of what we're feeling, that's going to be like a whole other little, you know, side to us that's just going to keep bubbling up in all sorts of different right. situations until we start to take notice. So we could be mindful of our thoughts and our actions a lot and be making some progress, but under the surface could be those emotions that we aren't paying attention to that could be sabotaging our efforts. And that's, that's, that's been part of my journey is realizing, you know, yeah, what am I feeling and be, being aware of that and allowing myself to actually just feel things. I mean, it's, it's amazing to me how we can become so on autopilot and think that, um, think that, oh, no, I'm good. No, no, I'm going to move past that. You know, I've, I've gotten in a great habit of being mindful of my thoughts and I know how to use affirmations and I know how to generate more of the feeling that I desire. That's fantastic. But if you've got this certain, you know, a certain feeling that keeps bubbling up and you keep shoving it down and you aren't aware of it, then, it's going to keep interfering with, you know, yeah. with your power. Well, and one of the biggest things uh, that, 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 that the cognitive dissonance that takes place within people's minds is the formulation of the question, um, mm-hmm. you know, what is the meaning to life? That, that most of the, the stuff that we have, that this inner turmoil of like, oh, why do I feel this way or feel that way? We're trying to describe something that, does not exist within the subject predicate linear language that we use. Right. Just feel. Feel without words. Yes. And that's the problem. The problem comes when you try to describe it. Like if I ask you what love is, you know what it is until I ask you. And then you just give me some examples. That's all we can do is use metaphors. So be careful. You work good. That's, I was just going to say that's going back to the flow. If it's if it's not um, if it's not easy, then you don't have to force it. But if it's there right. and you're ignoring it, then that's something to be mindful of, and you can choose to allow it and just feel. You don't have to put words to it, but just feel it because the moment you just freaking feel it, <laughs> like literally within a matter of seconds, maybe a minute, it can dissolve and you can move beyond it. That's that's something that's been such an aha for me <laughs> that I love. Yeah, absolutely. And the the after, the whole thing is like, it's, it, you're not going to figure this out. <laughs> like, you have to relax. You have to keep breathing and just do the best that you can. But yeah. stop comparing your path because your path is not linear. No one's further on their path than you are on yours. And that's the thing is we have to unlearn a lot of this bullshit and and just slow down and say, okay, it was never written anywhere that I had to figure this shit out in five minutes. So slow down, reevaluate the people that I'm talking to. Are they toxic? Are they lifting me up? And, and you work from that one conscious decision after another. And that's how you can, you don't burn the boat. You don't quit your job and say, okay, I'm going to do this. I mean, if that's your thing, then do it. Uh, wasn't my thing. Um, but conscious decision after conscious decision, you can begin to work your way out. And there are incredible books. Um, there are incredible teachers out there. Um, but don't, don't sell yourself short you know far more than you think you know. And I know a lot of people haven't given us many attaboys or girls and saying, hey, you're, you're so great at being you. Like, we just quickly go into a fearful, um, everything's an obstacle, but it's all in our mind. And it's being able to help people realize that um, the world is not the way it is. It's the way they're making it. And... Uh, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> the more yeah. I talk, it's just it's, 
you can we can never get to the bottom of this. I mean, that's the whole. Nor would we wish to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've, I'm absolutely a thinker. Uh, analyze everything, right. and I've learned that while that can really serve me, it can also um, slow me down greatly. And so, absolutely yeah, having so, to, having just having to accept that. Look, there doesn't have to be a bottom to something. I mean, I could we could spend we could spend literally years or just you know the rest of our lifetime trying to figure things out. But will that actually get us to where we want to go? Maybe not. And if well, you're yeah. if you're finding that you're stuck in a cycle of just like continuing to try and figure out and figure out and figure out and analyze, and then um, it's a it's a yeah, balance between the left down. hemisphere and the right hemisphere. The left hemisphere, yeah. um, which was invent- really came into being with the phonetic alphabet in, in Hellenistic Greece, um, that's logic and uh, analyzing evaluative linear. And the right hemisphere is more spontaneous, holistic, um, intuitive, uh, non-centralized. And it's having a balance between both of them, knowing that you can't figure out this maze by pure number scientific view. You do have to surrender to the unknown. You've made a relationship with a mystery. And you have to realize that because once you figure it out, the game would stop. And that's why (laughs) slow down. Just slow down and and stop trying to always obtain or accomplish something. Just tune into it. Um, I know it's difficult. And that that makes sense to me. For others, they could say, "Okay, that's great. What do I do with that?" Um, and then I guess they could they could talk to me after the show. But um, yes, it's having a balance between the left and the right hemisphere. And um, and not always trying to put something into words. It's okay to mm-hmm. feel because all you are is a feeling. You may not feel the same thing more than once. You might have having the faith feeling. Yeah, yeah, believing in that feeling that that's there for a reason. Having faith that that's it's that's it's informational, even if you can't put yeah. it to words. You know, and what don't is that add guiding you towards? And don't add a timetable to it, because that's what creates the anxiety. Just know that you just sit with it. It's more important than dancing with the stars. Just sit just sit with it. It'll come to you, because you you know what you ought to do. Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> just do it. There we go. Boils down to that. Well, or just so... tune into it, yeah. <laughs> so... As always, these shows fly by. We are coming to the end of this show. Uh, if you would like to find out more about Wes, you can go to his website at westpinkston.com. And uh, Wes, are there any forms of contact you would like to share with the audience for them if they want to reach out to you? Uh, my email is just my name, westpinkston at gmail.com. Um, and then uh, I use Instagram probably the most, uh, at the westpinkston. Um, and just. Um, just email me, just message me, and uh, we'll just be two kids talking about what's going on, and we can see if we'll we'll make a good team. Um, I do all my coaching uh, predominantly just uh, via Skype, so it doesn't matter if you're if you're local or not. But uh, we just got to start talking about you know what's going on, and then uh, beautiful things will will manifest from there. As long as we give some effort, as long as we begin to search for it a little bit and become courageous. Uh, the path will will unfold. Uh, it'll be different than my path, different from your path, um, but it'll be just right. It'll be just right for you, and it'll be beautiful. So. Awesome, Wes. What are there any projects that you're working on right now, like or anything you want to share with uh, the audience? Of- no, no. Right now, I'm really just focused on the one to one. I am going to go into the, the speaking circuit a little bit. I'm uh, kind of fine tuning my my spiel. Um, I do have a book in works, but. Uh, Nice. I have to digest some things before I really uh, am able to launch it. Um, there's still some missing pieces, but uh, no, I'd rather you, talk about you. <laughs> about me? <laughs> um, yeah. Well, well, I wanted. To, I just wanted to ask you one more question. So, before mm-hmm. you started on this journey of life coaching, had you ever even considered that you would do something like this? Absolutely not. Uh, it's only been um, one year since. Uh, I kind of checked out of the Beverly Hills scene and began to open up some books and then to question, um, you know, what was going on. So um, I've been life coaching for about uh, about eight months now, 
Um, yeah, it's uh, it's been pretty it's pretty shocking. My mom, my mom, uh, keep her calm because it's been uh, you know pretty gnarly uh, transformation. <laughs> so you wanna you wanna just assure others, hey, I'm good. But that's the thing is when uh, when a char- when a character in your story starts changing without your approval, it can it can alarm others. So that's my. Yeah. Uh, that's my guru. I got to make sure that she's uh, she's comfortable and she knows that I'm okay. But uh, I used to kind of live in in a very safe, comfortable bubble. But now I I, I do like I do like mystery. I do like being curious and uh, being led to some some pretty amazing uh, bits of information. And I'm aware that I'm process, processing them subjectively and not getting too uh, too caught up in it. But it's uh, life has regained its magic it was always there i just wasn't looking for it so i i want to help others i want to help others become more aware and they don't have to change anything they can use their current job as a vehicle to express their deeper health values so it's just um it's new to all of us and this is it's very difficult Uh, these are very difficult times probably the most difficult in in human history it's really dynamic ever-changing and it's just helping people make a little bit better sense of, uh, of their experience, what's going on. And, uh, we're all, we'll all make it together because until everybody's happy, nobody can really be happy. Yeah. Paying attention to ourselves and giving ourselves that space to listen to what our inner, you know, our inner guidance system is telling us what, what, you know, what are you being called to? And it sounds like that's absolutely what you did by shifting away from the Beverly Hills scene and whatever all that was for you into where you are. And absolutely, I know I've had that in my life. I'm feeling it yeah, presently <laughs> right now as well. And um, the the biggest thing, we didn't really talk much about this in the show, but I just want to add this, faith, 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 faith. And I think that that shows up differently for different people. I, I personally feel like I'm learning in this moment, what faith really looks like for me, but I know that it's, I know that it's the key and, and it's not, it's not faith that has nothing to back it up. It's faith that's backed up by a ton of things, um, things that, you know, read and learned and trusting myself and seeing evidence, but there can still be moments, no matter how much evidence you've, you've, you've seen of, you know, moving into this new direction, whatever the new direction is for you, um, no matter how much evidence you've had, there may still be an element of, of the unknown and a level of uncertainty. And I am just here to reiterate for anybody else who is really feeling the fear of stepping into that power and um, really questioning and, and feeling that inner turmoil um, just, I just want to say you are not alone. <laughs> a lot of us are going through it and feeling it. And that if faith is coming up for you as, you know, the message of like, you know, yeah, this year, um, you're not alone and, you know, continue to follow the guidance that you are being shown because, uh, you know, Wes, I didn't know it only been eight months for you. I mean, to me, it's, it looks like you're, you're a rock star. You're doing great. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I can understand that your mom would have some hesitancy. Um, I know I've had people in my life go, wait, what? They don't understand like, you know, things that I'm doing, but they will one day. I, I, I know, I know why I'm here. I know, um, I know enough to get started. I will always, it'll always be a mystery to me. Um, but as long as I ask from the heart and, uh, and it's not a metaphor, that's a real thing. Yeah. Um, I won't go into why we broke the connection with the heart at a young age, but um, I absolutely, yeah, faith is a is a very strong. Um, it's an important aspect because eventually yeah. you just you make friends with your body, absolutely. and you trust you you trust it as the antenna that it is because we're we're consuming like hundreds of billions and of bits of information every second and. You Wes, have we need, to know. Go ahead. We need to wrap up the show. I'm so sorry to cut yeah. you off, but we are. We we need to end. So Good. I'm glad everyone, you did. Someone needs to. <laughs> thank you, everyone, for being here. If you'd like to find out about future shows, you can go to KimO'NealCoaching.com. That is O-N-E-I-L-L, KimO'NealCoaching.com. And, of course, Wes Pinkston, thank you for being on the show. You can find out more about him at WesPinkston.com. And that's pink with an S after it, pink. Ton. And it's been awesome, Wes. So thank you so much for being here. 
Thank you. Thank you. Every day is a new day, people. Remember that. Bye for now.